0: And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And getting into one of the boats, which belonged to Simon, Jesus asked him to put out a little from the land. And Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets. For a catch, and Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they closed a great shoal of fish. And as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats full of fish so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Henceforth you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and all. Sitting off the shore. He's sitting in a boat by the Sea of Galilee, just off from the shore, and the people are sitting on the shore. And uh, I want to read um, at verse 4. And it says, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Jesus said, and Simon answered, sorry, and said, Master, through the whole night, we have been laboring and we caught nothing. But on the basis of your word, I will let down the nets. And doing this, they enclosed this great multitude of fish, and the nets began to break. And then they signaled to their partners in the other boat, and they came... So filled with fish that both boats begin to sink. We've worked all night, and like in the Greek, it really says we worked through the whole night. We've been laboring all night, and we caught nothing. And then he says, But on the basis of your word, that's really what it really says in Greek, on the basis of your word, I will let down. You see, obedience to God's word brings great blessing. What a difference from working hard by themselves compared to working with God's help, with Jesus in their boat. What a difference. The one was almost a complete waste of time, while the other more fruit. Now certainly we see people who seem to be quite productive without God. We all, I'm sure, know atheists who are very good at their work, etc. And while this is indeed possible, they will lack God's blessing on their work. And ultimately, it will not produce eternal fruit. There's a great blessing here for us, assuming we want God's help and we want his blessing. The big question is, how do we get it? Well, it's predominantly by prayer that we get the help of the Lord. This is the main way. Simply put, we ask Him. Our gospel lesson actually is a bit of an exception um, in that the disciples didn't ask Jesus to get in the book in this case. Now, they didn't ask Him for help this time. He just offered it. But usually in the gospels, people get Jesus' help because they ask Him. You see that if you read the Gospels. How extremely important is prayer? And I believe there's a direct application from this Gospel lesson to us and also to our church. Later on in the same passage, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Don't be afraid, from now on you will be catching people. And we read in other places in the Gospels, Jesus saying, for example, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. It's often translated fishers of men, but actually in the Greek, the the word is is generic. It's anthropos, which is uh, generic for people. It can mean man or woman. There's other words that are specific for men and women. So it's really, it means, And the two major requirements for our continuing to receive God's blessings are simple. One, obedience to God's word. Peter said, on the basis of your word, I will do it. And the second one is prayer. This requires us to set aside worldly wisdom to truly obey the gospel. St. Paul says the message of the cross is full. But to those who are being saved is the power of God. Uh, the book, The Way of the Ascetics, many of you are familiar with it, I certainly recommend it. It's a small little book. Uh, in describing the path of living as a Christian, he says this All worldly wisdom and all the skills you may have are totally worthless in the warfare that awaits you. And equally without value are your social set standing. No matter how successful you may be out in the world, no matter how good you may think you are, in Christ the victory goes to the humble. Pride will be a serious problem. You'll guarantee your defeat. The way of the ascetics continues by saying, you must abandon all your knowledge and become a dunce in order to become wise. You must become a pauper in order to be rich and a weakling if you wish to be strong. For us as a church, it is the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ that is the authority. It can never be best business practices or some other thing like that, even though those sins are not bad themselves. Um, it has to be the gospel of Christ, otherwise we forfeit God's blessing And we will be like the disciples who work very hard and caught nothing. But to obey the gospel, you have to know it. Sometimes Christian people live their lives in a very unchristian manner. Many Christians, actually I would probably say the majority who call themselves Christians, do not order their lives according to the gospel. And yet, this is what we are called to do. The Bible is supposed to be our guidebook for living. It is not supposed to be sitting on a shelf collecting dust. It is meant, the Bible is meant to be lived by. St. Jerome said, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Maybe you've read it before. Um, but the problem is when we start focusing on our neighbor and their flaws and whether or not we think they are obeying God's commandments or whether they're people of prayer, we have gotten ourselves into judgmentalism. And we forfeit all of God's blessings ourselves. We condemn ourselves. And to the extent that you judge your neighbor, you condemn yourself. That is not appropriate behavior for a Christian. And if we catch ourselves, and we all do it, let's be honest. We all catch ourselves doing it. We must repent of it immediately and banish those thoughts from our mind, and rather condemn ourselves and say, Lord, forgive me for my judgmental and critical attitude, and give really me love toward my neighbor, which is what God wants us to have. So we have to apply scripture to ourselves and not to our neighbor. This is my recommendation. I would urge read the four Gospels. Um, you know, don't worry about the rest of the Bible at the moment. The Bible is a big book, so if you focus to begin with, uh, the, that the four Gospels are kind of like the center. You know, they tell us about Jesus and what he said and what he did for us. Um, the four Gospels are so central and important that we should be constantly reading. Like in church. Uh, there's a wise saying that always says, it says, always keep one foot in the gospels. So even if you're reading in other places of scripture, always be reading a little bit of the gospels. The second requirement for us as a church to have God's blessing is prayer. If we truly become a praying parish, if we truly become people of prayer, we will see God's blessing. And the nets will be full. Truly, this is God's promise, and we have to think how God tells us to think, not according to the world. The world says prayer is a waste of time. That's what they say. I spend a fair bit of time in prayer, and people think I'm lazy. Honestly, this is you know I would be more productive if I was doing things. You know, but that's you know reading the Bible and prayer are considered a waste of time to the world. It's foolishness to the world. But we are not called to live as the world, brothers and sisters. We have been called out of it, and we are called to live differently. One of the books that I read on spiritual disciplines pointed out that the very first spiritual discipline is dragging yourself up to church. Just bringing your body, even if your mind and heart would rather be somewhere else. This is the first step in obedience to God. And it's also the first step in prayer. The church is is a house of prayer. A place set aside for prayer. And prayer needs to obviously be our priority. We need to ask ourselves, what can I do? What can I do different, for example, to be more of a person of prayer? What changes do I need to make? Well, one of the most obvious steps that most of us can do to become better people of prayer is simply come to the church prayer services more. It's a big, simple step. You know, if you want to add more prayer to your life, come to one of our uh, our Wednesday service or our Saturday services in addition to Sunday morning. is Christ's school of prayer. That's where we learn to pray. So brothers and sisters, let us humble ourselves and become again like children sitting at Jesus' feet and learn his life-giving word as if for the first time and live our lives according to it, praying always like we do in the Lord's Prayer that his will would be done in our lives would be helpful.